0: Welcome to the Alaskan Journey podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska and my mission is to help you to build an intentional and significant legacy for yourself and your family by coaching you in real estate. And the purpose of this podcast is to really kind of give insights into what it's like living in Alaska from people who have um, actually made the plunge and have moved up here to Alaska. And my guests today are you know, a couple of my uh, couple of my favorite people who actually moved up recently from Oklahoma. They have a great story and definitely made um, a big jump and kind of their uh, their lifestyle and their place that they're living by moving up <laughs> here and they've got quite a story. so um please welcome Rod and Melissa.
1: All right. well, thank you for having us
0: <laughs> Anytime. so you guys have lived up here for. Uh man, I guess it's actually coming in on about a year at this point, but um can you kind of talk a little bit on what it is that kind of made you guys decide to to make the move from Oklahoma to Alaska?
1: Do you want to take part of that or do you want me to take all of Go it? No? <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> me
1: being the influential crazy husband that I am that absolutely loves the outdoors uh, in August of uh, 2020, we came up here on a fishing trip and melissa and our son 12 now absolutely just fell in love with the place. i knew that i was going to anyway and whenever we got back to oklahoma uh we kind of I, I i kept telling her hey we ought to move we ought to move we were looking at real estate at different places as we'd go along and I'd be like hey there's a house for sale there and she just roll her eyes at me, which is kind of a common response from her is rolling her eyes at a lot of things that I do and say. Uh, And, you know, it, 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 by October, I think, is whenever she was like, she just looked at me one day. Uh, We were actually standing outside in our backyard. I was messing around in our garden that we had. And I had said something about moving and she just looked at me and she goes, let's do it. Let's do it. And at that point, uh, we started trying to move quickly because I didn't want her to start backing out. So. <laughs> That's uh,
0: I've I've kind of noticed that with couples. There's always the the <laughs> let's jump into it, and there's the other one that does good at kind of raining things in. So <laughs> it's good. Well, to have I, I don't really.
1: I I usually don't just stick my toe in and check the water. I figure as long as I know it's deep enough, I just do a cannonball and just jump right in. So that, that's definitely <laughs> kind of how we are.
0: <laughs> oh, good deal. So Melissa, was there any one moment that made you decide that, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's take the plunge. Or was it kind of a slow, gradual thing for you? It was definitely something I've been thinking about since we've been home. I'm uh, not hearing you, Melissa. Can you? It was
1: something I've been thinking about
0: after we got back from vacation, and um, so we just decided that we're not getting any
1: younger, and we wanted to live life to its fullest, and why not? We, we, we didn't want to be those couples. Uh, me working in cardiology, a lot of my patients are older, And so many times I heard the, I wish I would have, I could have, I should have. And we didn't want to be those people. Um, You know, kind of a little back note on that is both of Melissa's parents passed away in 2019. So we, we really didn't have a whole lot that was just making us hang around in Oklahoma. So You know, through a series of definitely unfortunate events, it kind of helped pave the way to make it a little easier to make that move, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, it definitely does. And I mean, that really did stand out to me. I remember, um, you know, driving actually, driving home from Palmer um, and uh, the first time that we talked, and that really stood out to me that, you know, you were talking that, you know, you work in cardiology and you've got, a lot of folks that always talk about the regrets and you guys just didn't want to have that you're wanting to kind of mirror that or yeah kind of um um create that example for for the kids and just saying hey you know if you want to go do something then don't be afraid to, um, to jump in and, and take a chance so that that uh, that definitely stood out to me in our, our first discussion
1: uh, and that's, that's like what we were talking about just before we actually started the podcast. You know, Uh here a 12-year-old kid from Oklahoma has never had a set of snow skis on his feet at all. All he's ever done is basketball and martial arts, and now well, he's on the cross-country ski team for his school. So, you know, definitely he's already taken that ball and running with it as far as not being afraid to step out there. So I'd like to feel like that what we try to teach him is sticking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's pretty hard for it not to stick when they've uh, <laughs> when he realizes like uh, where he's at. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Okay, so you guys decided to to move up here then, and so we're kind of working on that. What were some of the the big initial challenges you guys faced as you were moving up here?
1: One of the Biggest challenges, things that we were looking at with Melissa and I both being in the medical field, honestly, um, especially during that time frame and still going on, we're going to be high demand. So employment's not really that big of an issue. Uh, One of the things that we were really concerned about is we started doing our research for, uh, you know, low crime area, uh, good schools, and... You know, I even dug a little deeper and started doing like some studies through Zipcode.com as far as even looking at uh, just a plethora of demographic type data to be able to to really feel like we were making an informed decision about where we were moving. You know, when you're going to move 2,800 miles, I didn't want to be surprised by anything, and that's what we we really tried to look into and just kind of have all of our ducks in a row. Challenges-wise, um, challenges, challenges wise, uh, I think one of the biggest is one of the things we kind of found out towards the end that we weren't aware of is uh, we have a Boston Terrier. So some of the flight restrictions and issues with a flat-faced dog about being able to fly and he's too big to fit in a crate. So we actually ended up having to hire somebody to drive the dogs. So our dogs made a cross country trip through Canada to make it here because we went ahead and sent our German shepherd with him. So that way he wouldn't be alone. So that was definitely a challenge. And that that's kind of a whole other story on its own. Uh, one, The guy that we had hired to bring him up apparently had some issues in his background that didn't let him pass through Canada. So he kind of turned around and drove back to somewhere in Montana and dropped our dogs off and kept going so we had to scramble and find somebody else that could get our dogs up here for us so that was that's probably was the biggest challenge that we dealt with at least initially getting up here was the dogs
0: man that's all stuff like you would not know until you actually start trying to to go (laughs) through it and do it like best yeah. plan until the first bullet shot that's kind of how it works <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> that for sure and i will tell you melissa did have to go step out to pick up noah uh, she's been stalking him with her phone so she knows right where he's at so the bus will be pulling up at the front of the neighborhood here pretty shortly so it's just you and me now so if Perfect. you have to ask a question and she doesn't answer that's why it will be me
0: <laughs> got it okay so that's that's uh you know, definitely great. You guys had that, um, had a fairly smooth transition up here. Um, remind me again, did you guys get your stuff here by the Alcan? Did you fly up or take the ferry? What um, was the, how we, did you guys we, get up here?
1: We flew and we actually used a, a service that packed up our home furnishings and, and also our vehicles and those came up on the ferry. And then our home furnishings were delivered here to the house, and we just actually went over and picked up our vehicles instead of having to wait another day or two for them to get shipped to us, or not shipped, but delivered to us.
0: Man, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, there's there's definitely some costs associated with it, and one of the things that we did that we found was much easier. It made it a lot more cost effective, I believe. Um. Uh, A lot of things like your furniture and stuff like that, unless you just really absolutely love your furniture, uh, you can save a lot of space and you can cut down on the number of containers you have if you just buy furniture after you get up here. Because if you have it shipped up, you're going to be waiting on it anyway, so you might as well think about buying new furniture after you get here.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, too. I mean, the other thing is, by the time it gets here, you're getting furniture that, you know, just took the abuse that um, it took getting across the country. Correct. And sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's it's beat up. You can tell it's definitely, um, I'm not going to say on its last leg, but um, <laughs> definitely put some, put some miles on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, you know, I mean, it's you're probably more used to dealing with it than we were at first but you know people think of alaska and you know they don't realize that we live in a really nice neighborhood and a nice house and we're, you know we're not yeah. out in the middle of nothing <laughs> so we we have amenities you know we have stores here so you can you can find anything you need
0: yeah that's uh, that's something i'm constantly having to having to disprove and talk to people and yeah, I've got a lot of folks that reach out to me and they're like, hey, we're looking for off grid experience. And it's like, I'm probably not your guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, actually, I would tell them if they're looking for an off grid thing, I would tell them to come up here sometime between what December and like uh, mid February see if they can find a little cabin to rent that is totally off grid where they got to chop their own wood and do all of that and then see if they still are interested and then you can point them in the right direction.
0: uh, Rod, can you, uh, can you say that again, but keep folk, keep pointing in this direction. If you, um, turn to the side, for some reason, the audio kind of cuts out.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. What I said is if somebody uh, keeps telling you they want off grid and everything else, why don't you, uh, set them up with some little cabin out in the middle of nowhere sometime between December and about mid-February where they have to chop their own wood and go uh, bust ice and make water and uh, let them uh, decide if that's really what they want instead of getting up here and being surprised.
0: That's, uh, that's actually a really good idea because I was talking with Sean Owen. He's, um, he's a guy down on Kenai And like he, you know, kind of has an off grid kind of a kind of a deal over there. And that's one thing he said was it's like, hey, so I know you're thinking one thing. Once you actually get there, it is completely different. Like that first night you're laying in bed. Absolutely no sounds, no technology. We'll see how you feel after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, that's that's something that uh, I could do um uh, that's not something my wife or son would probably be too interested in so we'll just stay here in our nice neighborhood
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with that so let's uh let's talk a little bit about kind of the you know the man i guess it's really about nine months at this point you guys have lived here you're almost sourdoughs at this point um <laughs> and uh yeah so what's the experience been like living up here so far and you're in, you know, we're, we're talking about Eagle river and you guys kind of had a chance to to get out and um, see some other parts of the state too, I'm imagining, but you know, I guess what are the the pros and cons and kind of your experience so far of living here?
1: You know, um, if, if I had to say there was a con about Eagle river and, and honestly, to me, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, is it seems like the selection as far as restaurants, if you want to go out and eat, you are a little bit limited to some degree. Um, But then again, we, we really eat at home quite a bit anyway. And, you know, I'm always looking for an excuse to take a little road trip. So if we have to drive on down to Anchorage, you know, Regardless of the weather, 99% of the time, the the highway is great. So whether you're going south to Anchorage or we go north up to Wasilla or Palmer, uh, you really don't have to worry about it. It's a pretty easy commute. Uh, you know, one thing I've, I've learned so far is, you know, used to, I'd always judge how far something was from me by mileage. And... I don't even think about mileage anymore now. The only thing that I think about is uh, length of time for the drive, you know? So I say, hey, you know, it's just 20 minutes this way or 15 minutes that way. That's, that's more how I think of it now. Um, And uh, pros of Eagle River too, though, is I really like that small community feel. Uh, Even if you go to one of the box stores, so say you like go to Walmart, 90 percent of the time you're still going to see the same person. So, you know, it's not like what it was whenever we were in Oklahoma. You know, you would constantly see the same people. So it's kind of like you. Melissa laughs and says, I make friends everywhere I go. So, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like you you get to see the same people. So I like that. Uh, Melissa's back now uh, he asked about pros and cons of like here I said as far as kind of diversity on places to eat here in Eagle River yeah. and one of the pros that you stepped in you heard what I was saying about that small community feel what's something that you might add to that
0: <laughs>
1: she's giving me a dirty uh, look like I just <laughs> threw her under the bus <laughs>
0: we're throwing you right into the bullpen here <laughs>
1: Um, I can tell you, like, our neighborhood has got quite a few, uh, kids around our son's age, so, uh, during the, the summer and the fall before, uh, the roads started getting a little bit of ice and snow on them, uh, we laughed and said that our son was part of, like, the neighborhood scooter gang, so, you know, you saw all these kids riding around through the neighborhood, hitting all the cul-de-sacs and everything, and, I used to laugh and tell him that he didn't have to come home until the streetlights came on in the summer. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but I, I definitely like the feel of the community. Uh, it's got a good vibe to it. Um,
0: everybody watches out for each other around here.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. We've got some really good neighbors here. Uh, so it's, it's, not something that we've ever really had before like you love know, you want to go way back to like whenever I was a kid and living out in the middle of nowhere in the country and the only way people would look out for us is because they saw some car they didn't know that drove down the road so you know it's you definitely have that sense of community here
0: absolutely so what have you guys thought of the school so far
1: i've been very impressed um one of the things about the school that really surprised me i don't know what i was expecting but the school especially his school because it's it's nestled in in the mountains um it doesn't look like it. it reminds me of a school like you'd see on a series from like the whenever I was younger of a school that was in California or something. His middle school is just huge. And, but the way he comes home and talks about it is it doesn't sound like it's a big school. It still sounds like it's a small school that the principal knows kids by name and teachers really seem to take an interest in the
0: students. Yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah, that's, uh, I, I used to do some teaching. And so I was kind of familiar with uh, the schools around here, but I've never actually had a child like in one of the schools before. So that's always something I like to like to kind of get people's keep people's feedback on.
1: <laughs> the teachers were very encouraging to go out and try
0: something new. And that's, really kind of how he got into cross country skiing was one of his teachers had suggested it
1: and gave him some reassurance that he wasn't the only one that's never been on skis. So they were going to learn
0: together. Yeah. I think you to be up here, you just got to have an ability and kind of a, um, um, know, kind of an ability or liking being able to kind of just step out there and try something new. That's, I feel like that's kind of a prerequisite to be up here in Alaska, or,
1: <laughs> or be married to somebody that forces you to
0: <laughs> or that or that too. <laughs> so, I guess you guys have had, um, you had an entire summer at this point. Um, did you have any, you know, big summertime activities that you guys like to go and do?
1: uh hike and fish that's and and if you ask melissa she'd
0: be more along the
1: lines of she's kind of a split between she definitely enjoys fishing uh it's kind of surprised me used to i'd always be the one uh, before we moved just, hey i'm going fishing or hey do you want to go fishing and, and now uh she would asked me like the night before hey do you want to go fishing tomorrow so it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't have to ask you twice. <laughs> no, no. I go ahead and start packing stuff up so that way she can't back out.
0: <laughs> Smart. So have you guys done a whole lot of salmon fishing up here or has it been kind of the local trout and the the pike?
1: We've done all the above. Awesome. Um, this, this summer, uh, after the breakup we are planning on making the trip and the trek we're going to be i want to hit uh, symphony lake and get on some grayling um i've got several good spots of where i know to fish that were actually uh, drawn out on a map for me from a guy that i met at fishing game so he's he's telling me right where we need to go so oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome like how does a how's a grayling taste is it more just it's a unique fish to catch or is it like um like a delicacy
1: honestly i have not eaten grayling um uh, so i don't know we did not fish for grayling this past year uh that's what we're going to be doing this year is definitely on there so uh kind of, for me, they're actually a beautiful fish, and you know, there's only a few places that you're gonna be catching them at. so we definitely wanna be including those on pictures of things that we send back home. Uh, Majority of what we were catching this year, uh, obviously, was salmon. Uh, We didn't hit the red run, we ended up getting the silver, uh, which that was definitely a fun time, and then uh, trout a lot, and that's one of those Noah absolutely loved the fact that from the time he caught it until he was eating it is less than, you know, a couple of hours. So
0: <laughs> Doesn't get much definitely fresher than that. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. And like this upcoming year here, I think you guys can actually go use your, um, your dip netting cards now too. I'm definitely planning on it. And
1: if we're going to get into a taste preference, I want to hit the reds, not the silvers. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's really what most people prefer to do too. I mean, with y'all's household, I think you should be able to do about 35 or 45 salmon to take home. So that, uh, that does fill up a, a freezer pretty quickly.
1: And then see, since we'll also be, uh, considered residents and I won't be paying the ridiculous prices, uh, our freezer will be augmented, uh, Not going to do a moose until our son gets a little bit older because I don't feel like hiking that thing out by myself. (laughs) Uh, But we will definitely transition into caribou because we were hunting uh, whitetail deer in Oklahoma, and that's something we were used to eating anyway. So we'll definitely be augmenting our red meat with something from the field, which is what we prefer anyway.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, that's a smart way to do it. Um, it's not as, um, um, it's not as, um, as sportsmanlike, but you can also get put onto the, uh, the roadkill list also. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, I, I always used to give people a hard time, uh, whenever they would trophy hunt stuff like that in Oklahoma. And I don't plan on trophy hunting up here, uh. Because I'd always say, you know, you can't eat the you can't eat the antlers or you can't eat the horns. But uh, I I'd be okay going on that list. But I still want a uh, I still want to start uh, decorating our house with some of the local things. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got a wall that's just perfect in that in our entry that would hold a, a caribou or a moose head just perfectly. Oh so. yeah
0: yeah well i I can definitely see that (laughs) as long as you don't overdo it like i went into i was showing one house the other day you guys would probably um probably laugh at this one but i think there was probably about i want to get this accurate i think there was about a hundred million like stuffed animals like in the stairwell like leading (laughs) to the upstairs (laughs) and they had like multiple like animal furs like stacked on top of each other and it was just it was too much it was too much
1: no because if if we got to that point melissa would be telling me the next head on the wall would probably be mine so we're not going to do that
0: (laughs) there you go we know where the limits are (laughs) all right so i guess let's let's go and do this then for the folks who are Thinking about moving up here to Alaska, uh, what would what are some things you would recommend they start thinking about to help them as they're making that decision of if they want to make that jump themselves?
1: You know, one of the things that that I don't know if it necessarily correlates with that question, but in my mind it does. Um, you know, I think so many people hear that everything is so expensive up here and you're going to go broke trying to do this and trying to do that. And I, I I think that people that tell them that are people that haven't lived here and haven't been here um, because you can vacation all you want, but there's a huge difference between vacationing and actually living here. And, you know, when you don't have a state income tax that actually stretches your paycheck much further. When you go shopping now, I know if I go like north into Wasilla or Palmer, I'll have a sales tax, but the sales tax is still minimal compared to what we were used to paying. But like here in Eagle river and in in Anchorage, there's no sales tax. So, You know that that's one thing that people need to take into account is that you can get a little more bang for your buck um what's something that you would think of on that (laughs) (laughs) um you know another thing too I I would really tell people to think about um, the vehicle that they drive. Uh, You obviously don't have to have a four-wheel drive, uh, but you need to make sure that you hopefully have a little bit of ground clearance and for sure be willing to invest some money into some good tires, not only for the summer because you're not going to stay home you're going to be driving. You should be getting out and doing things. And then in the winter too, uh, you know, regardless of how well they do it, maintaining the roads, there's always going to be a few slick spots and stuff like that. So good tires, I think are worth their weight in gold. Uh, good example of that is Melissa drives a, a medium sized SUV. And we still had some quote all season tires that were from the lower 48. And she couldn't even get her car up into the driveway even after i'd used the snow plow then we got some new tires for it and heck i'll take her car almost before i'd take my truck whenever i to put my truck instead of you know like four wheel drive i got a setting that i can do uh what's it called uh, autumn it's almost like putting my truck in all wheel drive so that thing doesn't slip and slide at all, but her car now, just because of spending a little bit of time and money and research and getting some decent tires, that makes all the difference in the world.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right. And
1: I I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be a, one of those that seems like I'm just rambling, but I, I'm, I want to come up with something that maybe somebody didn't think of (laughs) to to tell us, you know, if if we could go back and tell our future selves or, I mean, our ourselves before we moved here, is there something that you could think of as far as a warning on that? Or even a hey, do it this way? (laughs) She's just going to sit here and grin at me and look pretty.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, that's fine then. Um, well, so I,
1: I do want to tell you, I, I will say this, uh, you know this, uh, I don't know about any of your listeners that would know this or not, but uh, we definitely cannot give you enough credit and praise for being there for us, answering questions for us, uh, really going that extra mile, uh, listening to our wants and needs and, and being there. We we actually discovered you and found you by watching some of your videos that were on YouTube. And and that's how we kind of started educating ourselves and then and then we got the opportunity to visit with you and then you know you you went to work for us and that's that's definitely if anybody's listening and Stephen kind of wonders what it's like i'll tell you Jane is very easy to work with yes very patient.
0: yeah well it was it was definitely a pleasure you know when you see people who are committed to what they're doing and have a, a clear plan and a clear vision and they know how moving up here is really going to fit into their bigger life plan. Like it just makes it so much easier to, you know, to go the extra mile and do everything we need to, to to make it happen. And I remember on this one, it was kind of unique because we put a property under contract, like before you guys had a chance to actually see it in person. So it was, um, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's becoming more and more common. Like you'd be surprised, (laughs) but like at the time that was definitely pretty new on on everybody because that was you know right during the the pandemic more or less at that point <laughs> yeah cuz i flew
1: up here uh end of february beginning of march to be here for the inspection so that that was the first time that anybody from our household had actually you know like seen this place in person so yeah that that definitely helped if somebody can can do that that's definitely a route you want to go and then try to stay in the area where you're planning on purchasing at, which is what I did. So that way I could kind of get a feel for the community and just kind of a feel for the place.
0: Right. And let's see here. Oh, we had some issues with the HVAC system after you closed in the house, didn't you? Uh, no. Really? Okay i thought Um, i remembered something about the the water heater or oh oh
1: that's right yes yes the water heater yeah we uh went out in the garage and i was like whoa crap where'd all that water come from and it was definitely from the water heater so uh, we had the home warranty so that uh actually didn't really help us out a whole lot Uh, really of the home warranty that was going to be one of those I mean we had water like pouring out it, it wasn't just a a little bit it's like the bottom of the uh, tank just gave way, and we ended up having to get it done in a faster timeline than what the home warranty would have so that was kind of a out-of-pocket thing for us I'd forgotten about that mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Yeah. For some reason that, that just kind of stuck in my mind though. I mean, that was after, after closing too. So.
1: Yeah. We'd, we'd been in here. Well, we'd already had our things and everything. So we'd been in here for about a month or two, I guess. So yeah, yeah, that, that happened. But, uh, after talking to the guy who had installed it and everything, you know, one of the bigger things with, uh, our water up here one of the main things is what he was telling me is just make sure each year just drain it and you can keep that from happening so i'll definitely be draining it every year
0: it's like it's kind of an expensive way to find out but we know that now (laughs) but we got a bigger tank so that's true i can take a longer
1: bath. (laughs) She can take a longer, hotter bath. And when she says longer, that means kind of draining it about halfway and refilling it. So
0: (laughs) as is right and proper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one question I do ask everybody here, you know, the process we had, it was, it was pretty smooth, really from what I remember. Um, I don't think we really had any, any big moments that really stood out, but um, were there any things we could have done to have made the process smoother as we went through the, the real estate process?
1: You know, um, I don't know if Melissa's got anything to add of what I'm getting ready to say is it's your end of it and everything was so smooth, it, it's not even funny. It's almost like uh, I, I, you and I had discussed this before, or it's kind of like I, I almost stayed kind of puckered up and just anticipating something to go wrong because everything was going so smooth. Uh, the only thing that I would encourage people to keep in mind and remember, uh, because it wasn't like this where we came from, uh, whenever you bought a property, you went in, you signed the paperwork and you left with the keys and that was your house so, that same day. so. You know, one of those is just if you buy a property up here, if your state, it was like Oklahoma was, uh, just know that you're going to sign one day and you're going to have to spend the night someplace besides your new house that, that night. Right. <laughs> like, what? So that's that's not anything that you have anything to do with, man. That's just the way it's, it is up here.
0: Yeah, that's it's, it's kind of clunky too. That And it does take about 45 to 60 days to actually close on a property here, like, best case scenario (laughs) so i've got people come up from california they're like okay we can close this in like two weeks right it's like no no we can't (laughs) like even all cash no we couldn't (laughs) (laughs) all right outstanding well do you guys have any uh final words or um you know anything you'd like to, to say to folks that are thinking about making a move up here
1: I, I, I've got one. This might be kind of kind of silly, but I would tell people if they're moving up here and they're wanting to see the wildlife, the easiest way I can tell them to spot a moose or anything else like that is not be looking for it and, and not be prepared. So that way you will actually see that moose coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Because if you go out actively, like we've had family that have came up, and you wouldn't believe the amount of time that I've spent driving around in places that I knew. Every time we went by there, I've seen a moose. And then when we have family here, it's like they all go hide, and it's because you're actually looking for them. So if if tell people if they want to see wildlife, don't uh, don't look for it, and then you'll see them. <laughs> You know, because like in our neighborhood, uh, we have black bear, moose, and lynx are a very common sighting in the summertime. So that was, we thought that was pretty cool. Uh, just be able to sit out or stand out on the front porch and you could drink a cup of coffee and you could watch a, a cow with her two calves make her way through the cul de sac, uh, chewing on the trees as they go along.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's definitely something like I, used to do quite a bit of door knocking so I had to be very aware of uh wildlife in the area remember one time not in y'all's area but other place in Anchorage I was just walking around was there for like a solid hour and only like near the end someone was like hey so just to let you know like there was um there was a bear attack like half a mile that way like just like uh, a little bit ago and I was like oh thanks for the heads up guys
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, one thing uh, we've definitely noticed as well, uh, you know, if, if you look at the thermometer, that's gonna be really easy to discourage you from getting outside and doing something if you're not from here. But I can tell you that minus 15 does not feel anything like 20 to 25 above in Oklahoma felt. Uh, I'll, I'll take our minus 15 up here any day of the week above a 20 or 25 in Oklahoma with a 40 mile an hour north wind and a wind chill of uh, I don't know what. So it, it I, I think that temperature here is kind of like age. It's just kind of a state of mind. Uh, you know, like what we were talking about before we went on, what was it, like 20, 22 today? and I was wearing jeans and a short sleeve t-shirt, no jacket all day long. And I've been in and out multiple times and it was fine. And that might be because we're, you know, above zero now. So I'm, I'm about ready to break out my shorts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we walk out of work and, and the girls are like, woo, it's warm today.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Once you're used to like zero or negative 10, like suddenly 20 feels really good.
1: That is not bad, yeah. No, it's not. That's what I let the dogs out this morning, and that's what I told Melissa. I said, it feels funny outside.
0: (laughs) I'm a little suspicious of this.
1: Yeah. Well, but, you know, like we've noticed, though, if the temperature comes up, uh, start looking at some cloud cover because you're probably going to get a little bit of precipitation in the wintertime. We've already discovered that for sure.
0: Yeah, indeed. But that, uh, that definitely does come with experience, just mm-hmm. knowing when to expect that.
1: <laughs> and, you know, another thing uh, that I've learned, I was the kind of person that you could stick me out in the middle of nowhere, at least in the lower 48, and I could point north, south, east and west for you, but because of the orientation of the sun. I can no longer rely on the sun <laughs> as far as which direction is what. But it's funny how quickly you learn what mountains or which direction. So, uh, you know, like I was talking about earlier that I don't talk about distance in miles anymore. I talk about it in length of time. So the same with direction is I, I've learned, you know, which peaks or which direction. So I can look around and always know which direction I'm going just because of my topography now
0: yeah it's it's definitely something you become very aware of after (laughs) you've been here a little bit i mean especially because people spend so much time hiking and outside you kind of need to know what direction is what
1: (laughs) yeah that that definitely helps
0: outstanding well guys i really do appreciate you taking the time to um, kind of break this down for people who might be considering making the move themselves i there was some great stuff here. Um, You know, if any of you who are listening are considering making the move yourself, do certainly feel free to reach out to me. Um, Contact information will be in the description, uh, show notes. And other than that, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.